Church, we're going to continue a series that we started a few weeks back on the topic of thankfulness. Thankfulness. And uh, if you've got your Bible, feel free to pull that out to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 to 4. And I want to focus in on the title of uh, the gravity of gratitude. The gravity of gratitude. And uh, I just really want to drive in one specific point. Real simple, but this is the one-liner. Uh, that Christ exalting thankfulness is a sin conquering force. Christ exalting thankfulness is a sin conquering force. And before we get to Ephesians 5, um, just a bit about me again. I've got four kids and my oldest uh, in about a week and a half is about to turn 16. I, I know, I've got a picture of him when he was seven. I'd like to, I mean, I, I can't believe that it's gone by so fast. Uh, and I don't know if you have done this, but uh, when your kids get to certain ages and you begin to think back about all of the terrible decisions you made as a parent with your kids, I don't know if it was just me, but here recently I was thinking about some of the stupid decisions I made with my oldest son. Uh, just between you, me, and those who are watching online. Uh, I, like I uh, changed my son on the top of a dresser, and he rolled off. Not a good decision. Um, I would often take him and throw him up in the air as high as I can, and uh, people around me were about to call 911. I mean, just, I don't know what I was thinking. But the one thing that I, I actually considered... I really don't know what I was thinking when I um, realized that my son could eat a lot of jars of baby food. And I'm a competitive person. I, I got to a point where I'm like, you know what? I wonder how many jars of baby food my son can eat. I, I know. Terrible. Like, not good. But I, I got uh, over the course of time, and again, we're talking nasty baby food. And I was like, I wonder if he can eat three jars. Oh, this is just the beginning. So he rocked three, three jars, and, and then like the next day, I was like, I wonder if he can get four. Like if I end with peach, like I wonder if he can like, end with a dessert. And he rocked four. I like, and I continued to go higher and higher. I think I got up to six. Of just I, like, how can I stuff my son? Uh, terrible. What, what, what we're going to find in the book of Ephesians, nice transition, with Paul, it's a good transition, uh, is that what Paul's doing with this church at Ephesus is he's stuffing this church full of who God is in Christ Jesus. I mean, he's stuffing chapter after chapter. It's six chapters, but the first three chapters is nothing but what you would see as indicatives. It's a mood. So you have indicatives and imperatives. Imperatives are what you do. Indicatives is a statement or a question, but it is a statement about you has nothing to do with your performance. It has, it's a statement about someone declaring who you are. And the first three chapters is non-stop indicatives. You don't have one imperative. You don't have one thing that God is saying in, 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 through Paul. You don't have one thing that we're told that we're supposed to do to perform for Christ. The first three chapters is nonstop how Jesus has performed for us. Like that's all you find 
moment after moment, encounter after encounter of how we're adopted, we're holy, we're now righteous, we now have been called according to his purposes. Now we've been brought out of sin uh, and death, and now we've been given now access to God the Father as a result of Christ's love. It's non-stop indicatives. And what we find is that it's all leading to this singular chapter in chapter 5. But to really understand what's happening in Ephesus, you've got to take a step back. Because what we find in Ephesus is that this is a, a, a culture that set the pace all, all over the world. They set the pace economically, sociologically, uh, politically, in the currency, is it ever, even athletically, and they also set the pace in sin. This was a culture that sin defined everything that you did. And specifically, there was a temple called Diana. It's one of the wonders of the world. And people would come there to celebrate with the 1,000 temple prostitutes that would be in this temple of Diana. Sin defined the culture. And what I love about Paul is Paul is counteracting an understanding and a philosophy that the church has been weaned on of that life equates sin. And what he does is he begins to paint a picture of Jesus. And then what he does is he's giving them ammunition to face the sin that is greeting them at the door every day. So in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, this is what it says. It says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. It's a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God, but sexual immorality... And all impurity, covetousness, must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. Almost like a let there be light moment. Let there be thanksgiving. I, I love what Paul does in this one moment. Is he says that Christ-exalting thankfulness is a sin-conquering force. Let me prove it to you. Um, when, when our family moved to Warrington, uh, we were greeted by our neighbor across the street. He came with a cigarette in his mouth, no shirt and a beer belly. Welcome to Warrington. And so I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm talking to this guy and, and he's, and he's, he just, uh, he walks me through my yard. He'd been there for 35 years. He's like, here's, here's some things that you can do with your yard. I'm like, well, I don't even know you, but thanks for giving me some suggestions. I really need it. And so he said, he's like, give me all the like, type, types of stuff I could do with the grass. But then he says, now you see this forest? Now we've got um, some, some space next to our house that at the time that we moved in was an untamed forest. It was bad. He says, yeah, you've got a forest and you can clear it, but you need some hardware. And he said, do you have a chainsaw? I said, uh, no, I don't have a chainsaw. I've never even, I'm from Herndon. I don't even know what it, the only thing I think about when I think of chainsaw is like, like Freddy Krueger. Like I just, like, I don't think of anything constructive about chainsaws. He's like, well, you need to get one because you can clear this forest out, but you got to have a chainsaw. So I got one. Now, what I love about this chainsaw, and this is the only time that someone can, can actually preach, use a chainsaw and not get arrested. So this is awesome. So what I love about this thing is that this is a, 
This is an unstoppable, unstoppable force. This is an unstoppable force. I'm telling you, there's not much that this is going to go against that, that this will lose. This is, this is, is, it brings a lot of life, but at the same time, you know, you got to be gentle. But what happens is that what activates the unstoppable force is a full battery popped in that now allows their, again, this is, please don't be like, don't look at this as a, a, and be impressed. This is like a mini version of a chainsaw. This is nothing. The only reason I've got this is because I don't do cords, like the pull cords. Like they don't like me. And so this is like a baby version of a chainsaw, but it works. And the, the reason that it works is because this activates the unstoppable force of this chainsaw. What Paul is saying is simply this, that when we take the thanksgiving that is found and rooted and grounded in who Jesus Christ is, and who he is, and what he's done on the cross. And when we activate that into through thanksgiving that you declare out of your mouth in community, what Paul is saying is that it is a sin-conquering force. It's a sin-conquering force. Everything that I just read is a list of what this church would have faced day in and day out, that this was what they grew up on, is a sexual culture that seemed to be untamed. What Paul is saying is that that as you take your thankfulness and you activate it through the cross of Jesus, through his love, through what he's done to exchange his life for yours, that he is now the sweet-smelling offering, that what St. Athanasius said is that he became what we are, that we might become what he is. This is the gospel. This is, this is what Paul is so uh, inspiring this church not to just do something additional, but to take this thing, this gift called thanksgiving, thankfulness, and root it and ground it and activate the cross of Jesus. What happens is that it conquers sin. Now, here's the ironic thing. As much as Paul is saying that our thanksgiving activates God's grace, what's interesting is that grumbling activates sin. As much as your gratitude activates God's grace, your grumbling activates the unstoppable force of sin in your life. Let me prove it to you. In Romans chapter 1, it says this. I think I've got to stop. Romans 1 says this. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened because they withheld thanksgiving and gratitude because they thought they could do it better than God. God's wrath was extended to them and now God gave them what they wanted, which was their own lusts. Second Timothy chapter three says this. For people will be lovers. This is, a, this, is a, a, oh, this is an overview of the final days. That people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, and unholy. As much as your gratitude activates God's grace, what about your grumbling and my grumbling? We live in a world that grumbles. 
Grumbles online, grumbles on Twitter, grumbles everywhere you could possibly. We live to grumble. We live to grumble and point. See, what grumbling is, is that it's, it's now either looking back and saying, I wish I would have had it. I had it better in the, ba- in, in the past. God, why aren't you coming through? Grumbling is us being suspicious about our creator. It's looking back or it's looking over the fence, going, they've got something that I don't. And then we find ways to accuse Grumbling is what, what caused the people of Israel to come to a screeching halt. God's wrath and his judgment were expressed against the people who did nothing but grumble. Grumbling will activate sin or gratitude will activate grace. Now, Paul saw this and, and, and this wasn't just ethereal for him. That, that he, when it comes to Paul, this was a lifestyle for him. In fact, 52 times all throughout the New, the New Testament, we find this word Thanksgiving, Eucharisto. It's, it's in the same way that we have Eucharist. That's the word for Thanksgiving. It's 52 times he uses this word 75% of the time. What we find is that, is that when it comes to him, it wasn't just ethereal. It wasn't just a nice preaching point. This was the, the, the structural um, foundation that his life was built on. For example, when he's in Acts chapter 16, he's in jail. He's with Saul. He's with, he's with Silas. It was, I'm sorry, Paul and Silas. They're in this jail. It's midnight. What do they begin doing? Singing thanksgiving to God with, with songs and hymns that out of this moment of desperation, out of this moment where there's no hope, out of this moment where they're locked in, boxed in, surely God has left us in, in a moment of defining, am I going to grumble or am I going to have gratitude? Paul decided in his heart, I'm going to be a person. So I, Silas, you mean, may we better warm up these pipes of ours because we're going to begin in this prison declaring God's gratitude of who he is, what he's done, and instantly God responded. There was an earthquake sent by God and all of the doors opened up. What I love about Paul is that he didn't just have gratitude in really difficult situations. He had it with really difficult people. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, I think I've got it, verse 4, this is what he says about the church at Corinth. I give thanks to my God always for you. Now, that doesn't seem like a big deal, but this church despised Paul. They gave him a run for his money. They not only led the way in their sin patterns, doing things that you would find on Jerry Springer. I mean, like they, this church, they, 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 were a, they were structurally built on the following things. Eloquence, boasting, and looks, appearance. And Paul specifically did the opposite of everything that they wanted him to do, and they despised him. For it. And yet, in a moment where Paul could easily grumble, guess what he does? He says, God, I thank you for a people who despise me. I thank you because you are in control. I thank you because you're sovereign. I thank you because you are doing a work. I thank you because you've sent me here. Everything about Paul's approach is that he, at, at any point, he could have easily had flipped the script and gone a different direction and, had, and began to grumble. If anybody could have, it would have been him. He decided not to. Well, why? Because, 
Because what, what, what we find with Paul is that, is that Thanksgiving was his rumble strip. Have you ever been on 66 and you get, get a little tired and you begin to veer? And then what you have, what you begin to run into is, are those like notches from like the pit of hell itself. I mean, your whole, sh- your whole car starts to shake. Your molars start to come out. I mean, everything about these rumble strips they're so, they're so powerful. Why? Because it's supposed to now keep you in the center and keep you moving forward. And so what Paul does is he says, gratitude is my rumble strip that keeps me forward when I could easily get off the road and get sidetracked. When, I wonder when it comes to, to where you are in life right now, is gratitude or grumbling which one defines you? Which one would your friends define you as? Are you one that, that leads the way in the midst of the, of the, of the jail cells of your life? You're, you're doing what you can. You're praying what you got when it comes to gratitude. Or it's so easy to begin to wander off into the world of grumbling. I, I think we've all got moments where we've been like Saul or Paul, Silas. I think I remember one, and I've got two minutes, so this will be quick, but I remember when my father was in the hospital, um, and we weren't sure what was going to happen with his life. He, was, he had just had a heart attack, and it was day three, and it was up in the air. No one had any answers. We had a doctor who just gave us cliches and just didn't give us a whole lot of answers, we were just wondering what the future was going to hold. And I remember we, as a family, went to the Olive Garden. And we decided, you know what, in the midst of the unknown, we're going to have a dinner of Thanksgiving. We're going to have a moment where we, we party. So the whole family, all 20 of us, gathered in our chaotic way with tears, with laughter, Remembering my dad, but, but beyond remembering my dad, we were making the decision to remember God's faithfulness of who God was, of who his nature is, what his character is. He's, a, he's the resurrection and the life. This is who he is. And then simultaneously in, in remembering who God is, we're rem- remembering this amazing man called my dad. And the combination of the two created a moment of thanksgiving in our worst possible experience. We had this moment where we could have easily gone off the track, just just led with grumbling, accusing God, accusing doctors. We decided we will try to the best of our ability to be a people, a family that gives, gives, gives thanks in the midst of chaos. Christ exalting thankfulness does one thing. It conquers sin. It's a sin conquering force. To close, I, I, I want us to think this is a, a message that I could keep going on. And I, I would love for you to finish the chapter, Ephesians 5, verses 17 to 21, because Paul talks about being filled with the Spirit. And then he says the result of being filled with the Spirit for the church at Ephesus was this would be a people that give thanks in all situations. And I, I, I think this is a, a, an easy segue into considering the, the reality that many of us, we live lives of grumbling. We need to act in the work and the power of the Holy Spirit to empower us every single day 
driving us to community and driving us to who Jesus Christ is. And I, I, I wonder, when it comes to next steps, I wonder if this could be a week where you, you take this whole idea of grumbling and you wage war on it. So this is not going to be a week where I, I grumble. Lord, I'm going to allow, I'm, I'm not going to just pray what I want you to give me. I'm going to pray prayers of thanksgiving for, what, who, for who you are and for what you've done. May this be a week. May, may this be a week where you simultaneously identify a couple of people that can help you give thanks. We don't do this naturally. We need help. Along with that, may this be a week where you wage war against grumbling and you ask for the spirit of God to empower you afresh to live a life that, that now locks and activates yourself to who Jesus Christ is so that you can begin to live a sin conquered life. Lord, we love you. We thank you for who you are. Jesus, we thank you for what you're doing. Lord, we, we take a moment and we ask you to forgive us for the way we've grumbled with consistency, with passion, we've grumbled and we're wrong. Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm asking that you would start with me, start with my heart. I repent for the ways in which I've, I've taken God's gifts and I have, I've said that they're not good enough. Lord, allow this to be a week where we freshly get overwhelmed by your love, story of the gospel, who you are, for what you've done, that your love that's extended relentlessly to us. Well, thank you for what you're doing in this church, that this is going to be a season where we commit ourselves not to grumble and unlock sin, but to have thankfulness and gratitude and unlock your grace afresh. In your name we pray. Amen.